Welcome to the Team Team Type podcast, a podcast where we discuss current events from a global and a historical perspective. Uh, today's episode, I'm going to start with the recent uh, discovery of massacres in Bucha, Ukraine. Uh, I believe uh, earlier this week, when the uh, Russian troops uh, retreated from the city of Bucha, it was discovered that uh, they went on a widespread massacre of civilians. Uh, uh, people were found with uh, hands tied behind their back, dead women, children, old people. And uh, various uh, groups, uh, human rights groups are saying, that's a clear evidence but genocide. Genocide. Because uh, they killed non-combatants, women and children. Uh-huh. So that's a clear evidence of a genocide. And uh, this was to be predicted. Because the Russian uh, government uh, to Russian troops have been doing the same thing for say, 22 years. Go back to the year 2000 in Chechnya, in the city of Grozny, they did the same thing. And they fought a war by subjugating the citizen, breaking, breaking the people's will, so they won't resist. And uh, the world did nothing. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, the war in Chechnya coincided with the, uh, with the 9-11. So uh, the, uh, the Russian government could just say, we're fighting terrorists, just like the rest of the world then. We're fighting terrorists, and nothing was done. Uh, obliterated people, buildings, and everything, making the place unlivable. So the population has to do nothing but uh, but surrender. Same thing in uh, 08 in, in the country of Georgia. Invaded a country, massacred people. Nothing was done. There were complaints, especially in the U.S. Uh, I think in, oh, that was during the 2008 U.S. election period. And uh, the then candidate uh, John McCain, uh, kudos to him for raising the issue of the Russian in uh, massacres in Georgia. So that gave him a green light to do the same thing in, uh, uh, in Crimea in 2015. Mm. Uh, Come up, uh, come up with a false narrative that uh, they're mistreating the Russian population in the Ukraine and invaded the country. Uh-huh. And uh, just annexed Crimea. Nothing was done. I think uh, then uh, US President Barack Obama should have taken the issue seriously, but nothing was done. So green light. Did the same in Syria. Syria is unlivable now. Just massacred people. 
bombs at hostels, on residential areas. Mm -hmm. They don't fight the soldiers, nah. They fight, kill the citizens just to break their will. Break their will. That's why nobody should be surprised what they're doing in Ukraine now. And if uh, they're not stopped, they're not stopping there. They're moving to other countries. Uh -huh. There's a leader who wants to reclaim the old uh, Soviet Union. Because mm -hmm. he views the whole thing, the breakup of the Soviet Union, as, a, uh, as one of the worst events of the last century. The worst thing is never asked what the Polish people think about the, uh, 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 the Soviet Union. They, they, they don't view it favorably. The Hungarians don't view it favorably. favorably despite uh, one of his buddies, Orban, being the president there. In the Czech Republic, do you think they view uh, the Soviet Union uh, favorably? I don't think so. But you have a Russian president who wants to reconstitute the whole empire. Mm -hmm. And I hope uh, it doesn't succeed. And I hope the people of Ukraine keep uh, resisting. Mm -hmm. and with the, and uh, if you can bet, I think technically nothing is going to happen because Russia is a nuclear superpower. And people and uh, countries with uh, uh, with uh, nuclear uh, weapons can be invaded. Cannot be invaded. So he's taking advantage of that. Nobody's going to do anything. In my opinion, the only thing that can stop the current war is maybe someone in uh, Putin's government just says, this, come on, man, we have to stop this. But that's going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. There's a, if a, the Ukrainian war, I think it's going to last this year, even into next year. And uh, I had someone say on NPR, uh, uh, a German uh, diplomat, that Europe is heading for a decade of instability. Instability. Mm -hmm. A decade of instability. Mm -hmm. So, they'll be prepared for uh, Ukrainian refugees all over Europe. Mm -hmm. At least, uh, one good thing about the Europeans, I think uh, they're taking care of uh, their fellow Europeans. Mm -hmm. I haven't had of any backlash. Uh, in fact, uh, so uh, some of them, uh, some of the kids are even in school. The only country where here a little bit murmuring uh, is the UK, where 
while I think uh, a lot of the population in the United Kingdom wants to help the Ukrainian refugees, the government there has a policy of reducing uh, the number of refugees that welcome into their country. They have a policy of uh, reducing immigration figures. So I think they're caught in a bind. So they have, uh, they have this uh, they've been seized a policy that people are saying it's meant not to work, to frustrate people. And uh, if you have a system that will frustrate people, they won't apply. They'll choose to go to other European countries and not come to the UK. And that is a, might be a win-win for that government because their voters, by, the, the, the people who put them in the, into power in 2019, are uh, and, uh, voted f- uh, for for policy of uh, anti-immigration. So it is something that purpose. Mm-hmm. I have one thing. Uh, I think it was covered earlier, but uh, is it doesn't show European in a nice light for those who care about it is a treatment of uh, black slash African residents that were li- people living in Ukraine were to immigrate. And a lot, a lot of them were students. Mm. They're not being treated well. One of the, let's just be, uh, come out and say it. One, so racism against people with darker skin in Europe. You can ask yourself this. If they're mistreating uh, the people from Asia, the other the people, Middle East, rather, let's say people from Afghanistan, some people from Iran, if those kinds of people are being dis- mistreated in Europe, uh, in Eastern Europe, Central Europe, or where they were, I think most of them were trying to get to, to UK, just imagine how they would treat Africans. So you can see number one is racism. Now, the the someone say that uh, no no it's not that uh, whatever whatever but you have right wing governments there, and those are like Orban uh, in uh, Hungary and the the government now in Polish they're right wing. Let's just be clear. The right-wing government is anti-immigration. You've heard stories about keeping Europe Christian, that means white. If that's the policy of the government, the government, uh, the instruments of power are always going to reflect the current government. So, because they implement it, those are the people who implement government policy. Mm-hmm. And if it's government policy not to allow refugees, especially who look darker, that's what they're going to do. And, and most of them, are, most of the Africans passing through were students. They were students. Now, 
European governments might not want them there, but uh, you still got to treat them with dignity. Don't uh, detain them. Just treat them the rest as the others. Uh -huh. Initially, they say, oh, no, no, uh, we are taking care of old women and uh, kids and old people first, but uh, now the stories we're hearing now is now they're getting detained. Mm -hmm. They're getting detained. And it's because in Eastern Central Europe, we have right-wing governments. We have right-wing governments. Mm -hmm. Right-wing governments. And uh, as I'm talking now, I think Orban just won a re-election in Hungary, and uh, he's hosting CPAC, the Conservative uh, Political Action Group, I think, CPAC, whatever. Uh, let's say an acronym is CPAC. For the first time, they're going to have a meeting in uh, Hungary. Uh, and yeah, as you know, CPAC, those are the people who are part of the insurrection on January the 6th of uh, 2021. Uh -huh. At a time, an attempted coup, yes, it's there. There are people who uh, do not believe in elections, especially elections that elect people that don't like, or people who they think should not be govern governing any country. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah. and uh, because uh, they think uh, left in governments uh, with their all uh, uh, multiculturalism is against uh, is a threat to uh, European identity. So can you imagine? That's why you, you think that such a government would treat uh, African. Uh, Refugees passing through uh, with uh, with in, with uh, respect now. It's because they have right wing values, and right wing values is to preserve the status quo, to, to deny agency to people who uh, who let's be honest are not white, are not Christian. They allow people from other groups as as long as. They don't threaten the status quo. They don't question how they're being mistreated. And yeah, you can know you always find one or two people who they treat nice. And because he's being treated nice, he thinks uh, that's that's why. But no, it's only you. The system is still racist and misogynistic and homophobic. Yeah, and those are the people who were in love in, uh, with Putin. People have totally given up on democracy. Democracy was good unless if uh, it guaranteed that they could uh, uh, practice uh, some kind of, a, dare I say, white supremacy. Huh? As long as they could mistreat people who are not white in their populations, democracy was good. But if they started to up other people who don't look like them, started getting elected, maybe having uh, jobs that they think that supposedly they don't deserve, they gave, they gave up on democracy. Gave up on democracy. Mm -hmm. 
just think, I think uh, the 63 Republicans who voted against NATO, the bill that says uh, Americans uh, support NATO, 63 Republicans in the House or representative voted no. Probably most of them are members of CPAC, they support the insurrection, they supported the, the former guy who tried to stay in power, tried, tried to stage a coup. Mm-hmm. I totally fear for, 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 I would say for this country, the US. I don't know what kind of elections we'll have in 2024, but I don't know, man. You have a large population that has given up on democracy. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who will be in CPAC in uh, Hungary. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the whole, the whole uh, African refugees thing, what's to be done? Just uh, for me now, just for personal views, I think nobody's going to love the African unless the African loves himself. I'm talking about African leaders. The people love them, so, but the leaders do not. Do not. The leaders do not. I haven't had any outcry for our African presence. They did something in the UN, yeah. But if you you gotta come together and tell, because uh, I'm sure you have uh, ambassadors in those countries, they go to uh, they should go to the foreign ministry in those countries to say, get our people out, and then we'll organize some kind of a like a plane ride. All those rich guys, they can charter a plane, fly those people to Lagos, and then you can disperse them across Africa. I haven't had any uh, African leader make a suggestion. Mm-hmm. That's what should be done. Mm-hmm. And if uh, all these big economies, uh, I don't know, uh, I know uh, Nigeria, they say they're the biggest <laughs> economy right now, take an initiative, but, but you know what you want? So the leadership they have, the leadership they have. So, so the biggest country, uh, the largest economy in our Africa, West Africa specifically, Nigeria. I think they could do something. I've just suggested where they charter plane for all Africans, bring them to Lagos, and disperse them. After that, that would take a, a strong leadership. Uh-huh. And then the, the person uh, supposedly who is on the side of uh, Putin, oh my goodness, the South African government. Uh, I had, so the reason the South African government uh, is saying they uh, the supported Putin is because supposedly the USSR was on their side during uh, apartheid. apartheid. No, but okay, that's fine and dandy. So that makes you that makes it cool to support imperialism. See, imperialism should be condemned everywhere, whether it's by the U.S. with the Iraq invasion in the early two thousands without a U.S. resolution, or even what uh, Russia is doing now. That's imperialism. It should be condemned either way. 
But because supposedly the the on the side supposedly uh, doing apartheid, now you're supporting imperialism. You're supporting the Maskine butcher. Hmm. You're supporting the mass the deportations people from the taking people from Ukraine taking them to Russia. Mass deportations. These are akin to the Second World War, and the South African government supporting that. Supposedly, uh, the country of democracy. Huh? Oh my goodness! I had that thing from the uh, South African president. I was almost fell out of my chair. That's the reasoning. That's the reasoning. And you know, that's uh, just kind of South Africa, a country that periodically you see all those uh, Africans getting killed mm-hmm. in your country. So, it's like it's, it hasn't matured. So you support imperialism because someone supported you doing the apartheid. apartheid. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I see Tabu Beki will talk about African unity. African unity? You've killed more Africans with the idiotic uh, policies. Remember when you, you didn't want to distribute uh, uh, antiretroviral drugs or, and then over, over some crazy concussions? How many people in, uh, in your country died because of your policies? And then you're running around uh, supposedly uh, African unity. What nonsense is this? Nonsense. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's what should happen. The solution is African leaders respecting their own populations, someone taking initiative to do it, the charter plan, bring those people back, and then you can disperse them later. I don't know who's at the AU in Addis Ababa, Huh? There's a secretary. Yeah, should be, that's, that's what she'd be doing. That's why should, we have the AU. People mistreating uh, uh, our, our citizens in the Eastern Euro, Eastern Central Europe. They've been detained and haven't had anything. Not another is just resolution we condemn. No. So we want those people back. Bring them back. Take initiative. Keep talking to the foreign ministries there. Mm-hmm. But I know uh, the, where the A is, according to Disalva, still uh, a little uh, armed clashes in Tigray region, so that hasn't been resolved. If they can't resolve that in Ethiopia, they're going to take care of their people in Eastern Europe. But I just keep hoping that one day African leaders will respect their citizens by treating them well and expect high, having high expectations. You respect their, your people. Try and get them out of there. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out of there. That's what should happen. Mm-hmm. We, uh, most, most Africans have been, have been uh, independent for almost 60, 60 years. That's three generations. The people who were born in the 60s, some of them got, have grandkids now. 
we're still the same. I don't know. Technically, things have gotten better, but they they could be a little better by having leaders who respect their citizens. Mm -hmm. And um, my opinion is, uh, I've always said, for the African to move forward, one of the one of the biggest economies in the world, uh, on the western side, Nigeria, they have to get out together in the south, South Africa. But uh, I'm not holding my breath. In the east, they've got big economy. The Kenyans, the my country, well, there's a shoot above their weight a little bit. Uh, you gotta, uh, but that's what that's what gotta happen. Mm-hmm. That's what has to happen. Anyway, uh, when we get back, we'll talk about the World Cup uh, soccer. Uh, I'll talk about, especially in Europe, and what happens in the World Cup draw. Talk about all things soccer, not the actual, what technically happens in the pitch, but uh, the stories around it, because we're going to give an analysis of what happened last week. Uh, with the draw, World Cup in Qatar and all that, and a few things that have happened around uh, uh, in Europe, especially about, about players and other football uh, football's affairs. I want to give an opinion on that. Uh, maybe from, uh, I, I, I want to say from an American perspective, because I'm an American citizen now, so I look at uh, things a little different. Uh, things that alarm Europeans, I don't get sometimes. But uh, next segment, I'm going to talk about all things of uh, football, uh, the World Cup, the draw, what's going to happen in Qatar, and what happened in Europe this week. All right, we'll we come right back. All right, thanks. Bye. Yeah, we are back. Uh, we're talking about uh, all things uh, football, soccer. Uh, last Friday, the 31st, we had the World Cup draw in uh, Qatar for the 22, 2022 World Cup. Uh, it was a quite uh, spectacular ceremony. They had the, the video, the Nigerian uh, musician performing. It was great. World Cup, uh, to me, brings uh, very good memories. Uh, one of the f- uh, first World Cup I remember was in '86. Because that was the Maradona World Cup, Argentina won. Yeah, Diego Maradona put on a great display. In our households, in our country, we are happy, especially when Argentina beat the England. Uh, ever since uh, then, the English have been whining. Oh, Maradona cheated the game with the hand of God. Nah, man, he was just um, he was a good, the greatest player on the pitch that week. And if you watch a game, these guys kept kicking him and kicking him and stopping on him. That's why I don't give a, I really don't care. He had to do what he had to do to win the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't care. So that, yeah, some of my first memories were, of course, 86, I remember, it was nice. Then you can't remember, 19, you can't forget, especially for an African, 1990, where with the display of uh, Cameroon, they went all the way to the quarterfinals. Uh, I think the, uh, they could have made the semifinals, but uh, some uh, 
bad decisions went their way. The two penalties they gave to England, because England went on to lose to Germany in the next game. I think that could have happened to Cameroon too, but it could have been great if you had seen Cameroon in the semi-finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, that was the coming out of party of the African continent. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, 94, you, you can't forget uh, Nigeria. Uh, it, of course, it ended up in disappointment again. Nigeria lost to Italy. A game I think they should have won. 98 is kind of a blur for me. I didn't like the, the African teams didn't do well in 98. Oh, two, you can't forget uh, Senegal beating the defending champions in the first game. Oh, six, of course, uh, Ghana did well in the, uh, the final, the game in Germany. 2010, of course, another disappointment with the, what uh, Suarez did to Ghana. And those same teams are going to be meeting in 2022. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm, looking forward to it. Uh, after that, I think uh, African, te- African teams have done well. 2014 in Brazil, they didn't do good. 2018 in Russia, not good. Uh-huh. But, uh, actually, I'm looking forward to it. The World Cup of Zola has been a uh, spectacle, spectacle for me, man. Of course, lately, uh, because uh, if you anybody, if you listen, I, two weeks ago I did something on sports washing. So it's been engulfed in sports washing. Mm-hmm. 2018 uh, World Cup. During that time, uh, people were enjoying themselves in Russia. It was a nice tournament. The Russian government was bombing uh, Syria to smithereens. Mm-hmm. So people are cheering, having fun of this global sports event, but what's happening in right uh, in a, in a city rather nobody was covering. Uh, of course, uh, Qatar is controversial. You can't forget uh, the, the people who have died uh, building those stadiums. Uh, it's an absolute, absolute monarchy. So now things like labor rights don't exist. And most of the workers are from uh, South Asia who have died. And something that asks me, of course, uh, people should uh, uh, raise it is uh, the number of deaths of uh, African women who work as uh, domestics in the Middle East, especially in Qatar. Nobody's talking about it. We should. But people are going to be celebrating the World Cup in uh, June and December. We got to talk about it. Uh, I'll think about it. Uh, I don't want to lie here and say I'll watch the games. Even though it was going to be at a very odd time for me because around that time in the years you watched the NFL. I'd love to see the ratings and how that will happen. Especially they're saying after the the day after Thanksgiving, that Black Friday, the England is playing the United States. So I want to see the ratings for that. So let's hope, uh, even as the, especially the journalists who are going there, even as they cover the games and the the sports itself, they don't forget about the human rights situation. 
because it's important. Gotta be covered. Gotta be covered. I think uh, when the when when during the Winter Olympics, I think NBC Sports did a nice job. They didn't brush off the human rights concerns in China. Hope that uh, uh, that's what uh, happens again in uh, Qatar. Mm-hmm. I hope that's what happens again. Yeah. Anyway, looking forward to the World Cup. I'll watch it, even though with a little uh, with a little uh, half and half. When I think about the human rights situation, for those who are saying uh, it should be raised, it should be it should be raised. It should be raised because uh, what is happening? What happened there with the building of the stadium and what's going on with the women, African women work there as domestics? It's not good. And because we know better now, at least we have to mention them. We have to mention them. Uh, you know, speaking of football, <laughs> A few developments in Europe. Mm-hmm. A few developments in Europe. Uh, first of all, with the let's start, let's start with the players. Of course, uh, there's a player there, uh, Jack Grealish. He signed a deal with the Gucci side deal. Uh, of course, the English media there is complaining. Oh, you should stick to football. Come on, man. People have outside interests. People have outside interests. I think it's because uh, the, uh, the country is small and they don't allow people who seem to defy the norm. Mm. Defy the norm. I think Beckham did that 20 years ago. He got a little criticism, but let's keep it real. He's white. Uh, they don't give uh, the, 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 they don't give Pogba, the, Pogba that excuse. He's a little eccentric, different color hair. Uh, they don't give him that uh, excuse. It's uh, I think it's because yeah, the country is small and they don't allow for people who stick out. Mm-hmm. If those players were in America, nobody would care. Even Neymar in uh, PSG in uh, France is a little out there with outside uh, activities. Yeah, of course, uh, I know they're paid to play football, but they're young people with other interests. What you can complain is if they're not uh, the game is not up to par. So and then uh, not, that will agree with the fans. Your game up to par. You have to be playing at uh, uh, at the required level. Otherwise, uh, people might question uh, if you're really interested in the main job, which is to get paid. But uh, I think. Uh, and on the European uh, sports one is not used to that. People having other interests. 
not used to people like Rashford talking about uh, poverty. But you see, one by <laughs> once your game goes down, the fans are going to come for you. Because a lot of times, most of those fans don't even agree with uh, what you're trying to uh, promote. Or well, there's some, uh, the Rashford, uh, the Manchester United player, Maybe a great number of those uh, of these fans either don't care about the food poverty. Yeah, they don't care probably. They're indifferent to it. So, uh, so the only excuse is, well, it's a good gesture. You've got to maintain your game. But uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, there's more emphasis of big criticism because they're just not used to it. People having other interests, and the countries just those countries are just too small. In the US, nobody would care. Nobody would care. Mm -hmm. Nobody would care. But uh, there, it's big news. Mm -hmm. Very big news. Oh, another thing uh, that I wanted to mention is a. Uh, uh, the Paris Saint-Germain president, uh, the, you know, as you know, PSG is owned by the Qataris, Qatari government. The same person who's the president of PSG owns uh, Be In uh, TV network. Uh, that's tackled. That's a conflict of interest which uh, wouldn't fly, especially in the U.S. That you're a chairman of a business partner of the league. Uh, that wouldn't fly here, but there's it's a lot of stuff. You see, uh, the the, uh, the European leagues went full commercial, but they they didn't uh, write the rules of how to go about it. So you, you you find yourself with the PSG person being a chairman of a business part, a company that's the business partner of the league. Uh, so how do they negotiate? Uh, sports uh, like a TV contract. Can you imagine? Uh, it's just it's like here in America, if uh, Jeff Bezos uh, on the sports team and negotiating with the NFL about uh, uh, the NFL Thursday package, uh, so that's a complete something. Yeah, that I don't think they've never thought about. It. I don't, and I don't think they knew that it would be this big. Uh, Capitalistic phenomenon. So they don't have the rules. The rules about ownership. They don't have rules about that. Because if they are good, better rules, uh, Abramovich would never have owned uh, uh, Chelsea. Uh, the 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 uh, the Thai president, Thakshin Sinawatra, won. He owned Man City before. Uh, I think the Abu Dhabi uh, government took over Man City. If there were rule, watertight tools, I don't think they do that because a risk assessment person tells me uh, this is going to come to bite your product in the future, so you don't need this ownership. Uh, that's what could have happened. Uh, so they would not have been allowed. Same thing for later uh, with, uh, with the Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, yeah, just too risky for your ownership. Mm -hmm. But you know, uh, they needed the money. Someone, a billionaire, comes to you, move the time, you say yes. 
And it's a little envy with the, the European leagues because they have a very, very popular product, football, which is watched two of the world's lateral eyeballs watch it. But the revenue is not up to, is not there. It doesn't reflect its popularity. For example, the NFL's uh, TV contract and the revenue they make is more than the top five leagues in Europe combined. That means it's more than uh, EPL, La Liga, Bundesliga, the Italian League, and the French League combined. The NFL makes more money than that. It's because uh, uh, at least the NFL knows they're in the business of entertainment and revenue for their, their ownership and the players. You know, I, don't, I don't think uh, European football has yet to come to that, to terms with that. Mm -hmm. Popular products, they, they make uh, less money compared to their popularity. So, yeah, in Asia, the NBA makes uh, as a better TV contract than uh, the European leagues. Mm -hmm. European leagues. I think, after look, yeah, even baseball is a better TV contract than those leagues in the Europe. Uh, the NHL, I was looking at the last time, uh, I don't know the figures in front of me, but uh, a team that is fourth in popularity here in America, the EPL only makes a billion dollars more than them. Yeah, so uh, the PSG, <laughs> PSG is uh, 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 president is correct that uh, we have to rethink. We have to rethink. But uh, of course, uh, there's great, uh, 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 a lot of uh, pushback from the other, from the, uh, from the, from the, from the people there and the media. Yeah. But I think it's because the, one, the people like uh, the PSG president, they think, uh, popular product with a lot of eyeballs doesn't reflect the revenue. That's why. That's why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why. A lot of people say, "Oh, we have revenue." Yeah, but it doesn't reflect the revenue. Doesn't reflect the revenue. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Uh, yeah, because going to a sports sporting. Uh, Sporting a match here or game is an event. Americans will the meet for tailgating, drinking. Uh, in Europe, there's a lot of drinking, but no food. A lot of, you see a lot of women at the games here in the US. You don't see that much in Europe. Uh, they get a lot of, uh, a lot of women. people spend money a lot. Uh, much the revenue, of course, is higher. I think that's what uh, the, P the PSG people want, but uh, there's a lot of resistance to it in Europe. Mm -hmm. A lot of resistance to it here. Mm -hmm. uh, they usually, uh, the Europeans, <laughs> especially the English, a lot of people in England, uh, deep down, they want to be American. Because yeah? you're a capitalistic country in the UK, but you want to be American. 
But uh, uh, so I've never understood the resistance. Mm-hmm. But I don't care what it is in America. Yeah, they do a better show of everything. Do a better show of everything because uh, we are the land of capitalism. Uh, better music. Uh, better TV production. It's all here. You do that, you make it an event, you attract uh, more women, more kids, you make more money. But if you make it a blokey, as Europeans would say, a man event, you get the same people, watch, don't spend. Uh, it's just like any other match. Can you imagine, uh, yeah, so I read some of the champions, when the champion leagues on Wednesday, you get more viewers, but no, no, first of all, you get less fears because it's a midweek game. That means less advertisements. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, they're still looking for revenue. That's what the PSG pass is saying. He say he's going to uh, bring in the Harvard uh, professors. Let's hope they listen. Anyway, uh, that's our show for this week. Uh, we are now the podcasting platforms, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, please uh, download us, rate us, review us, please leave comments, uh, give us five stars, please, uh, we're trying to grow the channel, we're also on YouTube, while you're there, please subscribe and comment and like, uh, so uh, the podcast can grow, uh, still, uh, hopefully we'll get better, I hope I'll get better. Uh, we'll uh, still looking. Uh, we'll bring in guests sometime this month. Uh, just uh, for the people who still who listen, thank you. Uh, which, uh, hopefully, we attract more people. Uh, that's all for this week. Again, bye. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Bye.